So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay. Well, listen here. Hello, and welcome to 90 Day Fiance MK. I'm Mr. O, and today, Miss H and I will be discussing Season 10, Episode 5 of 90 Day Fiance. In this episode, Gino's house is making Jasmine break into a rash, Nick prepares Devin to meet his mean, overbearing parents, Nikki keeps trying to strong arm her way into sex with Igor, Sophie defends her decision to not be pregnant before Rob's phone throws this thing in a completely different direction, and we finally meet Clayton, who lives with four animals and his hoarder mom, who lives in his closet. As always, we'll end with our students of the week, class dances, and life lessons. All right, thanks for listening. Stay safe and enjoy. Mr. O. Hello, Miss H. How are you today? I'm I'm okay. I just had a, a fake three-day weekend because it was grading day and I finished my grades early. So that oh, was nice for me. Oh, nice. Nice. That's always nice. Uh, getting a little bit of a vacation. Yes. So uh, let's jump into a couple that is kind of on vacation. And that's Nikki and Igor. So yeah. in Moldova, Nikki has just given Igor an ultimatum of sexing her up in 48 hours. He says that he likes her passion, but he doesn't like her impatience. He says that Nikki is like a sex machine, but he needs time to open up to her sexually. He says it's not easy. Nikki says ever since they got back together, it's been different, and Igor asks her to focus on the quality time they're spending. Nikki says that she's been crazy and acting like a bitch because she has never in her life been deprived of sex, and the roses just aren't cutting it. Nikki then tries to get to the bottom of Igor's feelings for her and wonders if it's because she supports him financially. Igor says he doesn't like it when Nikki brings up money and throws it in his face. He admits that she does a lot for him, but it's hard to measure who does more for each other. Igor tells Nikki that the money she sends him is enough for gas money, and the money she sends him helps out with just the little things. She then th- brings up that she gave him $7,000 for a nose job. <laughs> Nikki thinks that he's downplaying the money that she sends him, and her feelings are hurt. Igor offers to pay her back for everything. Nikki asks him to just say thanks for the money, and Igor asks if that's what she wants to hear. They continue the argument in their interview, and Igor walks off as Nikki calls him a child. Nikki says that he gets what he wants when he wants, but she always gets turned down. Nikki then tells Igor that she just wants to fly home tomorrow. She thought things were going to change, but doesn't want to live her life like this. Igor thinks that he is too nice for her, and he was trying to be romantic, and he just wants her to relax and enjoy and learn him. He wants her to stop all the fighting because he says it's just too much. He asks her to save her energy for their love, and he kisses her. Nikki admits that she can escalate pretty quickly, and she blames the hormones for it. Nikki does think that he acts like a child and gets, uh, you know, private um, when she tries to talk about intimacy. Uh, Nikki is calling her mom Myrna and tells her that they still have some issues. Myrna reads the situation and asks if Nikki has calmly discussed the intimacy issues, but Nikki admits that she took a hormone shot before the trip and she's dealing with a cold Russian. Myrna suggests that she maybe have a little bit more patience and understand that he's got a lot of big things going on, but she believes he really wants to make it work. Later, Igor takes her to dinner. Nikki says that she will try to be more patient and she wants him to be more serious when she's upset. They cheers or toast as Igor throws back his wine in one sip. Nikki wants to know what he has planned for the next day and he says that he's going to the gym while she sleeps. But then Nikki says that she wants to go to the gym with him and he suggests that they go to a different gym, which immediately raises red flags. Igor explains that it's because his gym is small, so they will go to a bigger gym with taller ceilings, better suited for foreigners, as he says. Nikki says that he knows a lot of people at the smaller gym, and she thinks that he doesn't want people to talk. She then goes on a speech about how she's trans and proud. Nikki notices that a neighboring table overheard her and made a gagging motion. Igor says that his country can be narrow-minded. He gets up and kisses her publicly to show his support of their relationship. Nikki is happy that Igor is trying, but now for the sex. All right, so do you think that Igor is trying to hide Nikki um, from, uh, like, at the gym? Or do you think that his reasoning is legit, especially because he has publicly kissed her, which seems to... 
show that he's okay with I mean, people I, knowing. I actually did kind of believe him. I think I could see him if some people who are really into fitness sometimes mm-hmm. go to some danky ass gyms mm-hmm. that are like, uh, my gym is a, a dungeon with a six foot ceiling and uh, a guy with a mustache and no shirt on that just growls at you the whole time. And uh, <laughs> I don't think that's going to be where you want to go. Like you want to go to the you want to go to the place that has the windows and the TVs and like the right. and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Mine's basically a bunch of chains in a basement. Like that's what that's what my gym is. <laughs> Let's not go there. Um, and so I, I, I think that's it's more about that than than like hiding. Because, yeah, it, it, he's. In public with her. He's been in public with her basically the entire time she's been there. Right. The entire time she wants to have sex, he has her out in public, right? Yeah. Kissed her at the restaurant. So I, I it, it stretches, you know, believability that, it, oh, are you hiding me? Um, right. Unless, unless she specifically thought, are you hiding me from people you know outside? We don't, right. There's all these people we don't know. As soon as yeah. there's people we know, you want to hide me. But I don't know about that either because we saw him talking to his friend about her before uh, she came. Yeah, that's true. Maybe she would. I mean, this is only like day two of this Moldova trip. That's what I can't keep like having to remind myself of mm-hmm. is that she's been here for like 36 hours. Yeah. Right. And in those 36 hours, she's like, I can't believe that we haven't had sex yet. We should have been sexing on the sex. And it's been <laughs> so long since we- it's not even been two days. Like. Chill right. out. Like, it'll happen. Like, relax. Well, I mean, let's blame it on the hormones. But even still, I feel like this isn't because of this trip. I The way she makes it sound, it makes me wonder if they've had sex since they've been back together again. Because this is not her first trip to Moldova since they got yeah, back so together. I think they have, but it wasn't as much as she wanted to. Because mm-hmm. I think I think she had mentioned, like, I was there for a week and we only did it twice. Right. Okay. On the on a phone call, so they've 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 had sex, but it's just not like, but you know, all the time. But I mean, I right. really do wonder how much of that is. Okay, you're comparing a 39 year old man to a 26 year old man from right. the last time you were together. Like that's not always. A lot of guys don't keep it up the same right. way, right? And I really am. I'm. I feel like there's more evidence for my ED theory. Coming in here because right. he's like, sure. I need more time for my body to warm up to Nikki. And I was like, oh, so like that sounds like he <laughs> can't get it up. Like, and he's like putting it off for that reason. But um, yeah. I just, the other thing I think about these people is I think there's just too much. There's uh, not too much. There's more of a communication barrier than it seems because his English seems very good, Right. But the nuance of what he's saying is very off and it just pisses her off when he gets things wrong. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that, too, now that you say that. Like when he talks, he talks very slow and deliberately. Right. Right. And the way that he talks and the speed he talks and the speed that she talks, it really occurs to me that he might not understand everything that she's saying because she speaks very quickly and doesn't Mm -hmm. seem to like get that he speaks slowly. Like to me, if that were my partner and he was speaking slowly, I would probably try match that speed knowing that that's not native language. That's true. That's a good, that's a good point. Um, You're right. Cause it is much faster. And it also means that she gets in twice as many things as he does. Like I feel like there's very often he has not finished making his thought complete thought and Mm -hmm. she's jumping down his throat. Right. And I especially thought that when it came to the money. Right. Right. And the way he kind of phrased it was he was like, it's little amount of money. It's very little money. And she's like, what the hell? It's a ton of money. I'm sending you. Right. Whereas I felt like the point he was trying to make was I don't need your money to live. So right. I'm not in this for the money. Yeah. Right. And all she heard was, well, you don't appreciate how much money I send you. You freaking asshole. I paid for your yeah. nose. Right. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and it just goes off the rails when she's missing the point of what he's saying because he's saying it inelegantly. But yeah, I didn't right. think about the speed thing. I think you're right. She does talk way faster than him. Mm-hmm. And he might just be pretending he understands more of what's going on than he is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's go. On. Let's go to the big one because we were talking about it before we started. Let's talk sure. Sophie and Rob. All right, so we start off on Rob's apartment, where it seems like Sophie is 
It seems like Sophie's giving the silent treatment because he keeps asking her about coffee, but then he brings her the coffee and she talks to him. So I don't know how that happened. Um, <laughs> they talk, they want to talk about this whole argument they had about kids the night before, or I say argument. What I mean is, you know, Sophie trying to talk and Rob just silently playing David Buster's games. Um, <laughs> so they meet outside to, t- for, to talk and, um, you know, he tells us uh, there's no future for him without a family. So maybe, you know, maybe she should just be with somebody that wants to be child free. They sit in the courtyard and he asks her what she wants to do like with life. And she says she she says that she didn't say she doesn't ever want kids, but she wants to live she wants to live a life together, you know, kind of figure herself out, figure them out before they even think about having kids. She's not against having a family and she didn't really get get a chance to explain that last night because he was sulking and walking away. <laughs> She's against being pregnant, not necessarily against being a mother, right? He just like is like I don't get it though. What do you mean by that? What is it? Well, how, what do you have? Which I'm like, I don't understand what you don't mean by that. He's like, what do you mean by that? I mean, she doesn't want to be pregnant. That's what she means. I was very confused why he was confused. But he doesn't, he also was like, what do you have against being pregnant? Can you tell me why? So she explains the same thing he told her about, uh, to El told his sister. She had that health scare, that cyst, um, that had, she had in her ovary. It was very scary, you know, could have been potentially life-threatening and just really kind of put her off messing around anywhere down there anymore medically. So, um, so she spells it out. So, because <laughs> he needs it spelled out for him. So she's God. willing to do surrogacy. She's willing to do adoption. Um, and so he says he wants to raise some little me's. So he likes the idea of surrogacy better. And she seems to be okay with that, you know, not now, but in the future. So he finally gets it and thinks, you know, if they can explore those options and if they work out, we can be okay. So later on, we get, uh, Sophie FaceTiming with her mom, Claire. So Claire has had a bit of a revelation about maybe one of the reasons she thinks badly of Rob and, you know, keeps make, keeps saying bad things to him is because he keeps making dumb faces at me every time I say <laughs> anything just is like, and that just pisses me off. <laughs> so um, anyway, so she tells her, Sophie then brings up the last time it came up that, that they were, um, you know, I guess they had, there was a FaceTime or something. Claire was involved when they were having a fight when they were with kids. So that made things worse. So Sophie tells Claire about what happened. And Claire wants to make sure that, you know, after she's agreed to the surrogacy thing, that you are only, Sophie should only have kids if she really wants them and not just do it, do it for him or do it so he stays around or whatever. Sophie admits that she's 23 and hasn't really thought much about when she's going to have kids or not. She didn't think of it as a she didn't even think of it as a possibility because she was like, well, I don't want to be pregnant, so I guess I'll never be a mom. She had kind of resigned herself to that. So we're gonna move all past that though and go to a club. So she says the club is much more her scene than his. And he says that that's because, you know, if you're not trying to get any women, what's the point of going to the club? Like, <laughs> and you know, so she says she's never been to an LA club. And Rob said he hasn't even been to that many, only a one or two. So we're going to be there with Torai, who, you know, is a friend that has an issue with Sophie because he says he saw her on Bumble. And then kind of to counter this, Sophie is bringing uh, her friend Soraya, which is a friend that she which is a friend that she says she met when she was on Bumble BFF. She's starting to get ready to go out. And that means Rob still has to take like an hour and a half uh, to wait for her getting ready. So we get there and Torai is waiting for them outside the club. Uh and he, he, maybe he was waiting there for a while. I don't know. So he really wants to like jump all over Sophie and ask her a bunch of questions. So Tarai doesn't believe the Bumble BFF story. And he thinks that Soraya is a girl. Maybe they're a girl she's into. Maybe you met her on the dating side of the app and you're into girls. And like he thinks she's telling the truth. But I don't know. People do stuff. So Soraya shows up. They get in line. They get inside. And they start off by doing shots out of not shot glasses. And then mm-hmm. they start making sure that Soraya is like, like, how did you meet Sophie? She's like, I met her on the dating the dating app, but on the friend side. She's like, on the friend side? You're not in the girls? No. Everybody's like, ha ha, no, no, no. And that's when, um, you know, we kind of hear from a, a reminder from Sophie that she's bi and hasn't told uh, Rob yet. So that's probably something she should do soon, um, but not right here in the club. And then we kind of, you know, fade out of that. And then things took a wacky turn after – not wacky. Right. A drastic turn after that. So uh, Sophie, uh, we get the text on the screen, which is always a, a bad sign. Um, and she told producers that she rented her own place and she's out of Rob's. So they catch up to her at this place and she says that she needed to get away from him and just get some space. And then she tells us what happened. She said she checked his phone – 
um, because she was being paranoid about having a dream or something about like, oh, I, dream, I dreamed you were cheating. Uh, I dreamed that you were cheating on me on your phone. So I woke up and checked your phone, which is a little, yeah. but there's some app on there when he has been basically sending, getting videos, sending videos, asking for nudes, all kinds of what she says, disgusting things going on. So she says she threw the ring away, packed up her, um, packed up her shit and got out of there. So then I guess he drove her to where she's going. I guess he had to because how else is he getting there anywhere? Um, And in the car, she secretly filmed him. Like she opened her phone on the down low and started recording. Um, He's talking about how like, you want me to be perfect and I'm just not perfect. So she says she's um, requesting – he was like, you know, requesting jack-off videos from other women is uh, cheating to her. And so that's not – goes beyond not being perfect. Of course, this is something he's done before. She already, you know, we already have admitted that like, oh, at one time I did this thing. But um, this is more extreme and he already knew how she felt about it. So if she was back in England, she just kind of tells us if she was back in England, she'd have so many options. She'd have friends to go to, things to do, places to go. And now she doesn't have anything, nothing here. She sacrificed everything. And now she's lost and, you know, up the creek without a paddle. And, you know, it was him that was messed up. So it doesn't really seem fair to her. So she just completely breaks down crying about it. So at this point, we go start where we kind of started talking offline because you said it to me. Do you think this could be the first couple that doesn't make it? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think so, because uh, we are talking about, you know, why couples make it, even though it's pretty obvious to everyone that this is not a good match. Right. Uh, and when we know, say make it, we literally mean just make it to the wedding in the season. Right, like, right. Yes. And you get, I think like a lot of the times the reason why people end up getting married is because it creates more options for them, right? They can stay in the U.S., they can leave. I mean, they can always change their mind. I mean, if you decide that you don't want to get married to them, that's limiting your options, right? You only can leave. That is your only option at that point. And then I think a lot of these people, too, uh, you see people who are, you know, feel like, how many times have we heard, this is my last chance at love, Right. And so they hold on to these relationships where it's pretty obvious to everyone else that it's just not a good match because they're so desperate for love. That is not these people in any case. Right. Sophie has options. She doesn't need to be in the U.S. Her, Her family has money, you know, like she can live a better life somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, They're both attractive people. They're not like, you know, this is not their last chance at love. Well, (laughs) whether they're actually objectively attractive is kind of beside the point. They both Mm. think that they're attractive people. Sure. Right. The last chance at love people have tend to have huge body issue things that go beyond how unattractive or attractive they actually are. Right. 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 I I think Jasmine a little bit is like that. They believe they can't do anything. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, I think this might be the first couple that doesn't make it. Um, I feel like Sophie has enough, like, follow through. She doesn't seem insecure enough to me to want to hold on to something just for the sake of holding on to something. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's and like, the fact that she moved out, that's a big deal. And I mean, and I think it also goes to show that this is someone who doesn't rely on this person for money. Right. Yes. Like mm-hmm. she could just be like, oh, well, I'm going to get my place with a bathroom on the inside. You know, <laughs> right. I'm going to live my bougie life without you, Rob, you know. And so quite honestly, she's probably much happier in that situation, you know, however temporary this is. I don't know how long she can stay here. I mean, she could probably stay the 90 days, right? So while Mm -hmm. she kind of figures things out, kind of regroups. I mean, she even talked about, you know, if she were back at home and this was just some random guy, how she would just move in with her mom. I don't understand why that's not an option for her now. Yeah. I mean, unless she's considering like if you want, you know, getting back together with Mm -hmm. him, but she can, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure she talks to mom. Mom can be like, yeah, I'll get you back here. We'll be, we'll be fine. Um, Yeah. And yeah. And so I, I think it's, Interesting because, like, you know, you said, oh, these people are both attractive people and they have other chances at love. And it's like, mm-hmm. Rob is not going to do well at love if he keeps acting like the way, the way he acts. Like, he's a dick. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. And I think one of the things is that it's like, well, he can attract other people, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I yes. think after being in 
several relationships that you know and depending on who the type of person he's into right Mm because it also depends on the other person it's very easy if you end up uh, attracting a certain kind of person right and you know things go wrong you can blame it on that kind of person be like oh well you know these people are all toxic it's them not me and i mean i think (laughs) it really takes a couple of people that it's like you can't blame them for what's going on and have a little introspective and i feel like rob lacks that right he's not the kind of person who's going to be like oh it's me yeah well i mean by evidence by like his excuse in the hidden camera thing was I'm not perfect. Like mm-hmm. I'm not perfect is, Oh, I, 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 you know, I, I, I forgot to run the dishwasher. I like did this. I'm like, I'm not perfect is like, yeah, I send dick pics to random women and like request like yeah. nudes back from it. Like that's not, I'm not perfect. Right. right. Like, and I think from his perspective, he's trying to say he, he, thinks it's almost like the same thing as porn, right? Because yeah. I do think that's weird. I do think it's weird when women get so bent out of shape because they're, they're their guy watched porn or something like that, right? right? That seems that seems a little like, okay, well, that's not the same thing as cheating. But in, in his head, I feel like he does think that this is basically just porn, right? It's like interactive porn, like and mm-hmm. stuff. But that said, whatever, it doesn't matter what he thinks about it because he knew very well exactly oh, what yeah. she thought about it. Right. No, absolutely. And I think that was why I kind of feel like she has no problem following through. I gave you this boundary and you Mm -hmm. crossed the line and I told you what would happen if that were to ever happen again. I would leave you. I'm following through. Right. And it wasn't it. From what we heard, it doesn't sound like he slipped up one other time. He's just Mm -hmm. been reveling and swimming all over the other side of that line. Right. And it's like, then no, of course not. Like, and I don't feel sorry for him. He's not some sort of victim. This isn't some sort of like, and and I think he's going to paint himself at that. He always is painting himself as the victim for for anything. This is unfair. Mm -hmm. I can't believe you're doing this to me. And it's like, no, man, you got this. you, You did this yourself. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I no sympathy for him at all. Absolutely um, not. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, you know, I do feel a little bit bad. And there have certainly been situations where I felt worse for the uh, foreign fiance in this case, because, you know, it's like in a lot of situations that person's trapped. And I think right. that's also why a lot of them end up getting married ultimately is because they feel like they're in a trapped situation. Yeah. They don't have the means to get home. A right. Lot of them. Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're reliant on that person who brought them here to send yes. them back home. Right. Right. It is, and you put it that way. I've never thought about it like that. That's, it is a very weird situation where getting married gives you more flexibility. Yeah. And that is not the case like any other time. Right. <laughs> it's like if right. we get married, we have more things. We're, we have more options. It's like yeah, that yeah. is not the way it works. Yeah. So, I mean, at least she she is not trapped like some of these people. Like you feel bad for them because you're just like, well, what choices do you have? I feel even worse for them because she, the, we know how many options she has. Right. Mm-hmm. But she feels like she's trapped the way yeah. she, just, she was talking about the end. And if sure. she feels like she's trapped, oh, my God, these other people. Oh, I know, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Uh, let's move on to someone who might feel a little trapped, and that's Jasmine and Gino. Oh, so we get a short montage of the dirty living conditions in Gino's house before Man. we, it's like foreshadowing, right? Before we get Jasmine worried about her skin condition, she has a rash all over her body and face. Gino remembers her having something similar when they were he was in Panama, but she says it wasn't itchy then. Gino thinks that she might be allergic to something she ate, so he asks what she ate. She's eaten bread, peanut butter, almonds, and oatmeal. And if you recall, she's vegan, so she's kind of limited in what she can eat. Uh, And she insists that she's not allergic to nuts, but Gino is convinced it's almonds. But Jasmine insists that she has dermatitis and she is extra sensitive to dust and general filth. Gino is stubborn and it's impossible that it's his house. Gino's version of dirty, according to his conversation with producers, is a hoarder home with piles of trash everywhere. So because his house is not that extreme, he considers his house clean. He doesn't think that he lives like a slob. Jasmine says that her doctor back in Panama said her dermatitis is environmental. 
Jasmine then tells Gino his house is dusty and dirty, and Gino insists that it's clean. Gino then claims that it must be the almonds because Jasmine living in a dirty was living in a dirty apartment, you know, back in Panama with mice, to which she yells at him, telling him that is not true and he's just being disrespectful. Jasmine is pointing out all the dirty things in the house and Jasmine is on the verge of tears and tells him that she needs his help. She asks him for a new pillow and new sheets. And Gino wipes his hand on the headboard to show that there's no dust. (laughs) Gino says he'll buy her a new pillow, but there's nothing wrong with his pillow, so he's only going to buy one. Jasmine is frustrated that Gino is in denial about how dirty his house is. Jasmine thinks that this is a serious situation because she wouldn't want to bring her kids into this situation. She mutters idiot under her breath. Gino tells Jasmine to uh, take... Uh, Jasmine to urgent care where they gave her an allergy shot. So now things are a little bit better. They go shopping for sheets and bedding at a store. I couldn't tell what kind of store this was. It just had random stuff in it. Uh, Jasmine asks the salesperson how often she replaces her pillows, uh, you know, trying to make a point to Gino. And the salesperson says once every six months. Jasmine says that Gino thinks that pillows are everlasting. Jasmine then brings up her sons and they pick out a comforter for him and uh, a couple of toys for his birthday. Jasmine cries a bit because she doesn't like the time apart from her sons. She is afraid the visa will take too long and they will feel like she's abandoned them. Jasmine cries that she's afraid she's being a bad mom. She calls Wanse to talk about his upcoming 11th birthday party. He says he wants a real Madrid-themed birthday party, so Jasmine talks about some ideas. She promises that she will be there with Papa Gino. Of course, they'll only be there over, uh, you know, video chat. The pillows they pick out are cheap enough that Gino is okay getting a new pillow, too. All right, so why... Okay, why do you think that Gino is being so stubborn about... I don't potentially know. being dirty. I mean, I mean, it definitely is a touchy subject for him, but it, it, part part of that's because I feel like uh, Jasmine's been needling him about that for years. About mm-hmm. like your house is so dirty, your house is so dirty. Um, it's a weird flex to be like, look at all the almonds you ate. Is like <laughs> clearly you're allergic to almonds because almonds, you ate this entire be bag. That you ate. Look at this bag of almonds, and it's like, and if, if you, but it's also just this, like, if she ate almonds and she was allergic to them, wouldn't she have like died? Like, her, yeah, her throat <laughs> yeah. be closing up and stuff like that. She wouldn't have a rash on her skin, right? Like, very confused. But and I don't know, man. But I, I all of this, I kept wondering this whole time, and I was like, if a camera crew came into my house and had to mm-hmm. make it look as dirty as possible. Like, how good of a job could they do? Like, what would they would they be able to find? Oh, look at this. Oh, look at this dirt behind the trash can. Like, what oh, would they yeah, find? Yeah. You know, like, as compared to how actually dirty I know my house is. Um, well, the that- toilet is pretty disgusting. Not even on my toilet's worst day does it even look like yeah, nearly true. that terrible. But also, yeah, very true. Very true. But I also was a little frustrated with that part because Jasmine kept being like, you need to clean up. You need to have your house cleaner. I was like, you live here now. Clean yeah. the house. Yeah. Like, why can't you clean it? Well, I think like to her point, I mean, production is the one who kind of focused on the toilet and the whatever. I think she's like can just tell it's dusty in there. Right. And so that right. stuff like how much can you really clean the sheets? Like how much can you really clean like the couch cushions you really need to get like a professional upholsterer you know that's like either like steam cleaning everything or mm-hmm. something right you at least run a vacuum over it one or two, like, do yourself just to make sure it's done and then see where it is then the sheets the sheets and the, the thing is is that the most likely culprit was probably the laundry detergent like, oh, yeah, possibly. And I see somebody who has like all body like rash, allergic reaction. My first instinct is probably the laundry detergent. He probably did wash his sheets and mm-hmm. use detergent that she's sensitive to. And yeah. boom, that's probably it. Um, that said, you know, get changing the sheets is not a bad idea. Getting new pillows is not a bad idea. I don't know about getting yeah. new pillows once every six months. That was insane, especially because <laughs> I have one of those Tempur-Pedic pillows and they have like yeah. a 10 year warranty. Right. So I take that to mean like. Yeah, that pillow could last 10 years. Like six years isn't weird to me. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Now, it was funny, the, I, the funny thing of, of how much is this pillow? $12. Let's get both. It's like, yeah, oh. right. <laughs> yeah. Now, all of a sudden, it's not so bad replacing your pillow every six months. Right. $12 is kind of a challenge. That's way less than I pay for my pillows. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. But if you just get, I've, got, you know, got regular pillows. Very specific pillow needs, though, for me, oh. for me to sleep well. So it's like I have- Yeah, I was going to say, mine is just to stuff the decorative pillows, like, you know, the decorative pillow shams or whatever. So I can get those for like five bucks yes. at Target. Yes. Yeah. The, the, the pillow that goes on top of the pillow I actually need to sleep on mm-hmm. is that. But my the pillow I sleep on costs like 40 or 50 bucks. I'm not talking like crazy expensive, but like um, that's why I was like, it's just it just it just seems like he's he picks the weirdest hills to die on. Right. Like, like of all the things almonds that he gives versus up, dust. Almonds versus dust. I don't need to change my pillows. Like what just especially if it's like to me, it's like that just is also the natural thing. Like somebody's gonna be sleeping in your bed regularly. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not I I got pillows for people who don't even live with. They're just going to be sleeping in my bed regularly. And I'm like, right. let me give you a pillow if it's comfortable for you. Like that mm-hmm. does that's just common courtesy. Like that, it's so weird. Um, yeah. Yeah. And well, so he's a weird dude. We never he is said a weird he was dude. normal. Like, and it just, it, it's, it's also hard to read because it's hard to be in a relationship with somebody where you don't know where they're going to put up a stupid, silly fight. And you're the one who's like, I'm covered in a rash. Can you shut the hell up about the almonds? Like, right. It's like, yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, let's talk about Nick and Devin. So Devin is in Seoul and, um, you know, her and Nick are back together for the first time in like two years. Seoul is clearly a lot different than Arkansas. Uh, there's a lot of ads, a lot of lights. There's karaoke bars. Everything's in Korean. She doesn't know what's mm-hmm. going on. So we stop at a street vendor for like a chicken skewer. So he said – she said that he, you know, give it, showed her and he, she's tasted lots of Korean food before when they were together in Australia. And the chicken skewer is pretty tame compared to some of the weird like intestine-based foods that he's given her before. <laughs> so the goal for this trip here it's a, for her to come to South Korea is to get approval from his family for them to be married, be able to get married, move to the States. So the language barrier is going to be pretty steep because she speaks – you know, she's just like knows Anyang for Korean and they know no English. Um, and there's also like other cultural norms she has to get her like wrap her head around, like the proper way to take a glass from someone and how not to look at them when you're taking a drink. And Devin is all worried that she's just going to forget some of these little niceties and it's going to come off as rude. So Nick says that his mother isn't very happy with this situation. And Devin is like, well, do you think your mom would prefer it if I made her a Korean girl? And he's like, oh, yeah, she like said that to me point blank. She definitely told me <laughs> that already. Like, she's like, oh, great. Thank you. This is really making me feel better. So Devin isn't exactly glad to hear that. And she thinks that it's going to make everything a larger hill to climb to get to like her, for them to like her. So we see them later when they make up in the morning and Devin is still pretty tired from jet, ra- jet lag. They both say that they fell right into their old habits. You know, it's just like they, they had been apart for two years, but once they got back together, it was like they never were apart. Um, but, you know, not so much that they had sex because she was too tired and he evidently was too gassy. So he, he was like, no, I'm not doing this tonight. So they're going to go from Seoul to Jejeon and um, tonight they're going to – tonight to meet the whole family – and she's going to pick – she's trying to pick out an outfit that looks respectable but not one that makes her look like Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. And he thinks that Devin doesn't, you know he, – he's worried that Devin, Devin, you know, his parents have certain stereotypes about American women. Um, and, you know, she doesn't meet those. She's not like a slut person. <laughs> like, and um, like he was like lots of one-night stands, lots of drugs, lots of alcohol. He's like, she doesn't do any of that. So it's fine. But – but Devin thinks it's going to be a train wreck. So they get on the train for like an hour and Nick isn't sure how this is going to go at this point as it gets closer. So he straight up says, my dad is not a friendly person. <laughs> and <laughs> Devin is kind of emotionally fragile. And if she ends up like crying, things could get off the rails very quickly. Um, so, I mean, let's think. We've seen Korean parents one other time before, right? Yes. With yeah. uh, Devin and Jihoon. It's like lots yeah. of Devins going to Korea is all we have in this show. Right. Um, so, and I feel like we got a lot of the same. Do you think we're going to get like kind of a repeat where he talks up his parents really big, but they end up being like fine 
and not like yeah. judgmental that judgmental at all. I think that typically hen- tends to happen on the show in general, right? Mm-hmm. They like always make it seem like, oh, we need you know scary parents blessing and otherwise we cannot get married and then it's like yeah scary parent comes up and then they always inevitably give their blessing now sure. the yeah. varying amounts of enthusiasm is dependent on the scary parent but i mean they all at least at least begrudgingly give them a blessing yeah because it's like it doesn't make any sense not to because like, right. you know they're going to do it anyway. And like, I mean, my favorite ones, I feel I'm trying to figure like who did this. Every time once in a while they have like it's supposed to be a scary parent and the parent's like, yeah, get them the hell out of here. I am tired <laughs> of dealing with them. You take it. Yeah. Bye. Like, go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's uh, kind of how my mom was towards the end, I feel like, you know, because like before <laughs> my current partner, it's uh, she did not like him. Uh, you know, 15 years ago, that was mm-hmm. not her favorite. And then all of a sudden nowadays, she's just like, oh, yeah, take take her off our hands, please. <laughs> yeah, she's your problem now. For right. <laughs> Woo, we're free and clear yeah, now. Yeah, but before, yeah, I was like, so, yes, I kind of wonder a little bit. And I mean, he's a little bit older, too. He's like in his 30s, which, right. you know, to, you know, to other cultures, I'm sure is like, you know, past prime marrying age right sure yeah sure yeah i mean it's just like and it is if you, especially too if we're in this situation where if they're just like thinking of their worst case scenario mm-hmm. ugly american you know like what i'm trying to think you know what is their ugly american stereotypes like just right. big fat obnoxious well it doesn't help that he keeps calling her piggy yes yeah when he said my girlfriend piggy they're like oh my god she's just a big fat like american American who buys their guns at walmart and you know doesn't know how to do anything and just like like and so she's gonna come and not be that so that's gonna help that's gonna be better yeah, I think it's pretty common, like, uh, the cultural stereotype of Koreans to be a little bit more stoic. And sure. so they're yeah. not going to be super, like, you know, affectionate with her or anything like that. So, I mean, production is going to have a very easy time to have a, oh, it doesn't seem like they really like you, you know, but, you know, that doesn't mean they don't like her. But all stoic is one thing and also, like, hard asses. Right. Yeah. So they're going to ask her tough questions. Sure. Right. The things are going to tough things are going to come up. And it's just like, that's just that's just what we do. That's how we talk. It's not like, right. oh, we're judging you super, so superly hard that you we, we've decided you're not good enough for our man child son. Like, oh get gosh. away from us. Right. Right. OK, let's move on to Clayton. Oh, so man. we meet. Oh, yeah. We meet Clayton. He's 30 years old. Who's a cybersecurity analyst from Kentucky who is dressing up his guinea pig baby pig as a fire truck calling baby pig cute and his other guinea pig chocolate in a french beret clayton then tells us about all the noises guinea pigs make uh he's just doing this to play up what a weirdo he is he also has two chihuahuas coco and buster who are very fat they basically look like just giant hot dogs, like, you know, sausages with a face. Like, they're so fat. They're very, Anyways, yes, very fat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Clayton also lives with his mom, Violet, who lives in a walk-in closet off of his living room. She's staying there so she can save money to get her own place. They've been living there for three years, even though they both keep insisting that this is a temporary living situation. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Clayton says that there isn't a lot of space and his fiance Annalie, is moving in. They met on a language learning app. After talking on the app for eight months, they met up in Peru, where she's from. He proposed to her on that trip. Clayton was confused when she didn't really answer right away when he asked, but he hoped she didn't feel coerced when she finally did say yes. Clayton and his mom are trying to throw stuff out to make room for furniture. Uh, Clayton said that his mom has some hoarding tendencies, like they're going through her stuff and she has like weird things like a court collection and a box of expired cereal bars. He tries to transport the boxes to the storage unit, which isn't super helpful because as soon as they open the door of the storage unit, they realize that it is bursting at the seams and it's already full. Annalie calls when they're at the storage unit. She asks if there's enough space for her, and Clayton assures her that they're working on it and organizing. He's worried that, you know, she won't be happy and she'll leave. 
Clayton is on his way to the vet for baby pig and chocolate for their six-month checkup. He wants to keep an eye on them because his mom tends to spoil them with food. Clayton then brings up that guinea pigs are a delicacy in Peru. Annalie likes guinea pig, like, as food, so Mm -hmm. Clayton hopes that she'll start seeing them more as pets than food soon. Clayton then tells us he spends a lot of time being a hermit and gaming games a lot since space is limited at his house. And that's, you know, having less space is mentally exhausting. He's talking with a gamer friend, Cameron. He spends a lot of time gaming, which is where he met Cameron, but they have never met in person. Clayton then brings up that Annalie has never told her dad that he exists, even though she is very close to her dad. Clayton doesn't like feeling like he's being hidden. He feels like she's been lying the whole time. She's told her dad that she has a job in the U.S., which is why she's moving. And we all know that she can't possibly have a job in the U.S. because that's not how this kind of visa works. Annalie's dad is very protective and she's afraid that he will not take the news well. Cameron suggests that he have a conversation with Annalie about it. Okay, so I I don't know. Who do you think is uh, weirder? Uh, Do you think Clayton for having these guinea pigs that he tries to dress up? Or Violet for clearly chunking up these two dogs? Oh, like, no. I don't, like, Violet is the weirdest one. Like, that's, I feel... Bad for Clayton. Now, Clayton has his own problems, which we will get to. But, (laughs) like, I feel bad for him because he's in a situation where to really improve his life, he has to tell his mom to kick sand. Yeah. He's got to be like, listen, mom, it was temporary three years ago. What the shit are you doing? Like, you got to get out. Right? Or, Or you have to contribute enough that we can get someplace where you're not living in a goddamn closet next to my bedroom where my fiance is moving in. Like, how can he can't right. live? He can't because of that, because she's there, she's hoarding, right? And yeah. she's chunking up his animals to the point where he's taking <laughs> the vet to avoid it. Like, and like, and to the point, he can't have a normal life. Like, he, right. can't, he can't have friends over. Like, it's it's weird. And, and so he's got this computer game stuff. So I don't know if it's something he would naturally, like, go do himself, uh-huh. um, you know, kind of be if his mom didn't live. Would he stay there playing RuneScape the whole day? I don't know. Maybe. Um, but he's kind of stuck with that. And the best thing he can do is a virtual friend. Like, literally, I've never – how many people have we seen where – they they always want to bring in a friend to tell him oh, like sure. oh well things are crazy that the, he was like oh I got this guy I, like pops up I've never met him in person but he he's on my computer as well we can talk to him like that's right. that's they pretty must extreme not have family nearby because you know I and I swear they did this on purpose right this is giving us very strong Colt and Debbie vibes right we had Colt when we opened it on him <sighs> yeah. dressing up their cats cookie dough and whatever chunk of sure. whatever they are sure so you know and like debbie living with them and debbie being a hoarder and that's why she couldn't get rid of the stupid slot machine that was in their house this um, is worse than that though like, oh yeah no it definitely is worse in different ways at least from what we see right now um you know because I think it has to do with, like, you know, Colt ended up being, like, nuts with his mom and, like, the volatility between all three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, well, I don't know. As far as we can tell right now, Clayton and his mom seem to get along okay. Right. And I don't – we're not – you know, uh, Annalie is not a – what's her face? Colt's person. Larissa. Larissa, yeah. right? She's not she, a Larissa. She's not a Larissa because if she was a Larissa, she wouldn't come into the situation, right? Right. Colt had a pretty big house and a, and a car and like put himself off right. there as somebody of means. And Clayton is not doing that. She knows Clayton lives in a one bedroom apartment with his mom in the closet, mm-hmm. like, and that's why she's concerned about is there even going to be space for me? So she's yeah. not going to come in there and be like, I'm the queen of this castle, like bow down before me, like Larissa right. did, right? And so I don't know that the the conflicts are going to be as much. The conflicts might be more with. Like the thing that worried me most about Violet was the – he was like, well, we got, it was literally two years expired right. granola bars. And he's like, we got to get rid of this junk. And she's like, it's not junk to me. And it's like, it's junk. 
Right. It's expired what are you going to do with these? Yeah, you got to throw it out, lady. Oh, yeah, my we can't even do anything with it. It's not usable for anything. It right. Was, but the one purpose it was made for has passed. It's junk. There's no yeah. other definition of junk besides that. And, and that's frustrating, too, because you're just like, well, you can keep whatever the heck you want in your own house. As long as, and let's not get crazy, because then it's like, okay, well, hoarders have their own space, too. But as long as they are health-conscious, sanitary yeah, conditions. sanitary conditions. Right. Right. Which, I mean, I, that, duh. Because at some point, that's what I don't get about, I guess, I don't know, it, it's a disease, right? And that's what right. I, that's what strikes me about it. It makes it hard, because you don't want to tell your mom to get out when she's struggling with some sort of mental illness, right? Right. And- that storage unit, everything that ninety five percent of the things that are in that storage unit are you can't completely even get useless because you can't right. get to them. Yeah. So what's the point of even storing them? No, I absolutely agree. Yeah. My sister lived with um, a hoarder, and it it like we saw it getting bad because they were like a childhood friend, and so mm-hmm. we kind of saw it like the stuff kind of building up, and it's like. You know, all the hoarders have kind of their own situation, right, where they rationalize why they have all this stuff. And it's just it's hard to really get them out of that mentality. Well, and they will like fight you if you try to take it like, you know, and it's like, what is this newspaper from 30 years ago going to do for your life? And they're like, you never know. It could be worth something. And and that I think is what's interesting about a lot of hoarders, right? They put value into these things that like they see that other people don't. And that was kind of, you know, my sister's um, friends who were hoarders. That was kind of thing is that they would buy these things for kind of cheap, um, you know, like on Craigslist or something with the intention of, turning around and selling it because they had this perceived value of it. Like, Mm. for example, they literally had a room that was just had mattresses in it. That's all it was. You could, there was enough space to open up the door and that was it. And it was just piled from the floor to the ceiling with mattresses because they kept on finding these free or cheap mattresses. And the idea was that they were going to turn around and sell these mattresses for some amount of money. And they were going to make money off of this room of mattresses. But they never did. But they no, never they never did. They mattress. never got yeah. around to it. And so, but but throwing them out was an option because it was like they had perceived value. So, yeah, there was laziness involved because they never got to the part where they actually sold it. Because, I mean, obviously, how many mattresses are you going to use in your lifetime? But, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. And so it's, it's, it's just concerning that, like, I could see it totally being a thing where, you know, Annalie comes and isn't like, you know, crazy or anything, but it's just like, I need space in my drawers. Can we throw away this box of used matches that you have for some reason? And and then get in a fight with a daughter and then see what, whose side Clayton takes. And then that, yeah. you know, having him be torn in between it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Super rough. All right. Uh, so uh, I think that was all that we saw this week. We did not see Ashley and Manuel. Uh, so out of the group we saw this week, who was your student of the week? I said Sophie. I mean, I gave it to her last week, too. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know. She dealt with the situation appropriately and got out of there. Yes. Like- <laughs> yeah. No, I went with Sophie as well because, um, yeah, like. You know, mostly people kind of hang around. I mean, I think it's different because she has the means to be able to get out of there and follow through. For sure. But she followed through. She meant what she said. And she didn't like get into an argument and then decide, well, I guess I won't leave. She was like, no, take me. I'm leaving now. Like, yes, that's it. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about your dunce? Uh, I went with Rob. Like, what the hell was that, man? Like, (laughs) I I I don't usually like to give up in the same couple. But seriously, that's just... Like that sounds that's an absurd like amount of wrong that you did her for something that you yeah. she told you was wrong. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, yes, Rob, but for the same reason of not wanting to give it to the same couple, I gave it to Gino. It's like 
I don't know if it's delusional or denial, but it's like, come on, you you can't possibly think that she's that allergic to almonds. You know, <laughs> and didn't know and didn't know it before. Like right. she's never eaten almonds before. And then being super yeah. insistent about it afterwards, like, look at this bag of empty almonds is proof you're allergic to them. It's like, no, that's not what that equals at all. <laughs> Otherwise, man, barbecue chips would just be I'd be done. <laughs> I'm allergic to all the food that I eat <laughs> yeah. excessively. All right. Uh, what about your life lesson? So temporary situations are only temporary if they have a defined end date, right? Otherwise, yeah. you end up with your mom in your closet for three years calling it temporary. Or in you know my personal case, you end up with a cat. Like, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, Bubba. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. O has a cat that started oh, off as a... Yeah, temporary, a temporary thing. Temp, we need to temporarily rehouse this cat and now yeah no, no, bubba lives there bubba now <laughs> yeah. yeah all right um my life lesson is if you have animals please do not overfeed them to the point where you look like coco and buster like those two chihuahuas like that is so unhealthy for them it's so bad for their heart you want to kill them faster make them super fat sure yeah mm -hmm. yeah it makes me sad when i see yeah, and Any you know, and you know, and you know, he's like probably obese. giving them like I, I think he knows, right? I think yeah. Clayton knows, and he's giving oh, them like sure. I'm sure he's giving them portioned out food. This is how much you right. food you get for the day, and then mom just gives them endless probably plate food, people food and treats. Oh yeah, like all day long. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why he's trying to go to the vet every six months, which I thought was like an absurd amount of yeah. times to go to the vet. Yeah, it is. It really is. And they're not going to oh, tell man. you otherwise, too, because they don't really get insurance. So it's like, oh, they'll yep. take the money. That'll that'll take yeah, that, that'll take, take the money, money for sure. sure. I just oh, yeah. I also couldn't get over how that house has to smell that apartment. Oh, gosh, Ooh, I know. Oh, yeah. I don't even want to think about it. All right. So uh, we will be back again next week. We're just kind of getting the season started. Um, I think family Chantel is coming back soon. I They see ads for it for sure. Yeah, because uh, last resort is done, Ra done, wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think yeah, I think you're right. Done. Family Chantel is the last thing, but this is probably the last season for Family Chantel. You'd imagine. Oh, it definitely has to be, unless <laughs> they decide to call it something else. Well, I mean, I guess they could still call it Family Chantel. It might and be just them. No, no more Pedro. Pedro's gone. We're finding right, for right. Chantel. Just yeah. them dating. Yeah. Her winter, uh, whatever her uh, sister's name is. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. All the interesting names in their family, all them dating. I, I guess it could go on. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I guess it could. After all that, we say that, yeah. Like Darcy yeah. and Stacey style. Like oh, God, stuff. I know. I'm sure they're coming back at some point, too. Right, for sure. Well, we'll be back with this uh, group right, again we'll next week. Yep, see everybody then. Okay, until then. Okay. All right, okay, bye. bye.